coming up on Locked On Dodgers. The Dodgers lost a, a pretty rough one in the series opener to the Blue Jays, but Michael Grove pitched pretty well until he didn't. We'll talk about his performance, the decision to take him out when they did, and uh, how this kind of solidified one thing that we knew the Dodgers needed at the trade, de- trade deadline, but it made it even more clear. And we'll talk about uh, some positive things. Max Muncy and Jason Hayward both had really good games. Uh, so lots to talk about from this game. So let's get locked on Dodgers. You are locked on Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now. Then you can be an everydayer just like we are. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. My co-host is Vince Samperio. We are doing a split episode today, so I'll be with you for the first half. Vince will be with you for the last part. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room, so we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And uh, as I said at the beginning, the Dodgers lost the series opener to the Blue Jays. Luckily, the uh, Giants and D-backs both lost too. So while the Dodgers missed an opportunity to gain more ground on both of those teams, they didn't lose any ground. So they remained four games ahead of both of those teams in the National League West. Uh, but the, this game, I don't know if I'd say the Dodgers should have won, but they definitely had chances that they could have won the game. And uh, Michael Grove pitched really, really well for a lot of his time in the game. Unfortunately, his time was pretty short. Uh, he didn't even make it through five innings. Came out with two outs in the fifth inning, and uh, he had just allowed two runs, back-to-back RBI hits uh, to tie the game at two. And uh, he gotten a lot of swing and miss before that. Uh, let's see. I, I meant to look at this. So he had a total of 15 swings and misses, uh, swinging strikes. And that's awesome. Uh, a lot of it was on – all of it was the slider and the cutter. And, uh, you know, the fastball, obviously, most most pitchers, their fastball isn't a swing and miss pitch. Uh, so let's see, one, two, three, four, five, five cutters and ten sliders uh, on these swings and misses, which is very, very good. Fifteen swings and misses, especially in four and two-thirds innings. Uh, out of 68 pitches, he threw 15 swings and misses. Very, very good. And it's hard to tell if he ran out of gas. Uh, he, Like I said, he only threw 68 pitches. Uh, Dave Roberts did come get him, and there was some consternation about that on social media that I saw. I didn't follow the game closely on Twitter because I was at the game, and uh, I probably check Twitter more than I should when I'm at a baseball game, but not as much as I do when I'm watching at home on TV. And so, uh, but I did see a couple people talking about uh, how Dave Roberts should have left Grove in. The problem is Brandon Belt was coming up, and Brandon Belt. In a way, they were lucky that it was two to, two to nothing going into that inning because Belt hit a double off the wall that uh, was pretty close to being a home run his first time up, and then he had a fly out to the wall that could, was almost a two-run homer his second time up. So Belt very easily could have been two for two with two homers and three RBIs 
instead of being one for two and the Blue Jays not having scored before that inning. And so it definitely would have been pressing their luck to have Grove face belt a third time, especially because, you know, if they, if the goal was just to get him through five innings, uh, the fact is Caleb Ferguson came in, he got Brandon belt out and then he pitched the entire sixth inning. And so realistically it didn't really change the bullpen usage much unless they, I mean, there, there's an argue, argument to be made that with the bullpen and the shape they're in, that Robert should have let Grove throw 95 pitches. At, you know, let him get through six or even seven innings, even if he gave up some runs. Of course, you know, at the time, the, the game was kind of on the line. The, the Blue Jays had runners on. Uh, I think there was a runner on third. And Brandon Belt coming up, who, like I said, it hit the ball really well against Grove twice. And so the game was kind of in the balance right there. And the fact is, the plan worked. Uh, Roberts brought in, went to the bullpen, and the bullpen only allowed one run in four and a third innings. So they got through nine innings, only with only allowing three runs total. With this Dodgers offense, most of the time, that's going to be enough to win. This time it wasn't. This time the Dodgers needed an eighth inning home run from Max Muncy to tie the game at three, to send it to extra innings. And, uh, but they had chances to, to get more runs in and they just didn't. And those games will happen sometimes, but I don't think it's unreasonable for Dave Roberts to manage a game expecting his team to score at least four runs because this team most days is going to score at least four runs. And so, uh, not to say it's the right call to pull Grove. And I definitely understand the argument towards, I don't think there's an argument to say he should have let him finish the fifth and then pull him because that's, you know, if he's only going one more batter anyway, uh, let the pitcher who has a much better chance of getting that batter out pitch to that batter. Uh, and, but if, if the argument is he should have gone six or seven innings because of the state of the bullpen, I'm, I'm open to that argument. I, I do think, I, I definitely understand where Roberts was coming from, uh, that, he saw a chance to win the game and the way he approached it. Most of the time it's going to work. Uh, it kind of reminds me of the 2017 world series game two, when he pulled rich Hill early, not 2018, when he pulled rich Hill early, different situation. Um, and, and for me, like, I thought that was a great call back then. A lot of people disagree with me. Um, but the fact is having rich Hill that he had the, the top of the Astros lineup who mash lefties coming up for the third time. And, and the fact is, Roberts got the game to Brandon Morrow and Kenley Jansen with a two-run lead uh, to get three three innings of a two-run lead. 99% of the time in 2017, those two guys were going to get that done. It didn't happen. They didn't. It didn't work out, and, you know, the rest is history. But th- this kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Uh, but there's also been plenty of games where it has worked. And we remember the failures. We don't remember the successes as much. But uh, – so that's my thoughts on the decision to remove Grove. As for Grove, I feel like this was a good example of what I was talking about a few weeks ago about how the only way to learn how to pitch in the big leagues is to pitch in the big leagues. And that's not a luxury the Dodgers always have with their young pitchers of letting them fail and succeed at the big league level. And we saw it with Gavin Stone. The Dodgers couldn't afford to let Stone keep pitching in the big leagues with the struggles he was having, even though for his long-term development, it might've been better to let him keep getting knocked around in the big leagues to figure some things out. We talked last time Grove pitched about this cutter that he added. Obviously that continues to be a very good pitch for him. Uh, And, you know, he's only been throwing it a month. That's a huge step and a good example of, Oh, 
on the fly, I learned how to get major league hitters out. And, and I think this was another step in his progression going four and two thirds, allowing just the two runs uh, was, was good. Obviously we need six out of him, but I do think it's a good step. And it's, it's pretty impressive that Grove has turned himself into a legitimate possibility to turn into a real big league starter. Grove was always just kind of depth filler. And now he is a guy with good stuff who can maybe turn into a legit big league pitcher. Uh, I didn't really see that coming and he deserves a lot of credit for that. And the Dodgers, even though it was mostly out of necessity to let him uh, learn at the big league level, uh, it's worked out for them. Uh, I'm going to come back in a minute and I'm going to talk about the Dodgers starting pitching situation and how it is more clear than ever, or at least as clear as it's ever been, that the Dodgers need a starting pitcher or two at the trade deadline. So thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning, and please keep it Locked On Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Uh, look, I went to the Dodger game on Tuesday night, as I mentioned. Uh, Tuesday night, Monday night, what day is it? I, I never know. Monday night. Uh, it's Tuesday now when you're listening to this. I went to the game and uh, I went with my wife and my two sons and my sister and her son. And we weren't sure where we wanted to sit. We weren't totally sure how many people were going to be going with us. And so I didn't buy tickets till the last minute. Like uh, Monday morning, Monday late morning, I bought the tickets for Monday evening's game. And uh, what I did, I had a game time tab open the whole time where I would check prices watch for deals, watch for prices dropping. And I ended up buying my tickets on game time, getting a really good deal on solid seats in a section I never sat in before. It was a lot of fun, a new view from the stadium and uh, got really, really good seats at a good deal. Very pleased with the process game time makes it so easy. And you know, that that's a real world example. They got all sorts of talking points I could read you, but I just told you a real world example of how I use game time. You could do the same thing, whether it's a Dodger game, a concert, a comedy show, uh, you know, some other sport. If you want to go to one of those game time, gets you tickets to everything. And the game time guarantee means you don't need to be checking all the different uh, re, uh, third party ticket seller sites because game time guarantees that you will get the lowest price. If you find tickets in the same section row for less game time will credit you hundred percent, 110% of the difference. You know how they make that promise because they always have the lowest price. So you don't even need to check. Just go to game time, snag the tickets without the stress with game time, download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account and redeem code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download Game Tide today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, I am back. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first assistant every weekday morning. Also, want to remind you that you can catch every Dodger game, the hometown Dodgers radio broadcast on Sirius XM or the SXM app, simply by searching for Dodgers in the SXM app. You can also Listen to this podcast in the SXM app by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Uh, jumping back into the show, uh, I'll also want to remind you, if you're watching this on YouTube, we'd love to hear from you in the YouTube comments section. We want to thank you if you're an everydayer. We love our everydayers. And if you're not an everydayer, join the club. It's pretty easy. All you got to do is watch or listen every day. And uh, the trade deadline's coming up. We're about a week away now from the trade deadline, which means pretty much every episode and between now and then we're going to be talking about potential trades and, you know, there's there's names always popping up. Dylan Carlson is one we heard uh, this week as a possibility for the Dodgers as an outfielder. But 
I think it's pretty clear that the Dodgers' biggest need right now is starting pitching. They they have Clayton Kershaw coming back, theoretically, hopefully, and that will help. Uh, but right now, they need more pitchers who can who can give them depth every time out. And that might mean if they do acquire somebody, then go to a six-man rotation, or it might mean piggybacking, you know, Bobby Miller and Emmett Sheehan uh, or, or something. But they, they're going to need to get somebody who they can count on for six innings because the bullpen has been, as we talked about, they've been much, much better over the last month plus. Uh, they were great in this game. Uh, Bruce, Bruce Dark Gratterall struck out three batters in his inning, unfortunately also gave up a home run to give the Blue Jays the lead. But that was the only run they allowed until Phil Bickford allowed three runs in the 11th inning. By my count, I think only one of them was earned, but Bickford didn't pitch well. But Bickford is the weakest link in that bullpen. And the fact is, the reason Bickford was in the game is because they had a couple guys who weren't available because they've been overworked, because the starting pitchers aren't going deep in the games. In a way, it's remarkable that the bullpen has been as good as they have over the last month plus because they have been worked really hard. The starting pitching has been bad. In this game, the starting pitching wasn't bad. It just wasn't deep enough. Uh, but a lot of the games, it's been bad. And I don't know who the answer is because we don't really know who's going to be available for sure. Uh, but, you know, could Lucas Giolito be the answer? He definitely could be. Um, he's got the, he can throw the innings. Obviously he's not the ace that uh, he looked like he was going to become at times. Doesn't mean he couldn't turn into that with the Dodgers. You know, Dylan Cease could become available. Jack Flaherty is the name that comes up. Uh, all sorts of options. But the thing we know for sure is that the Dodgers need someone maybe even two someone's probably just one, you know, if Kershaw is going to be healthy, but, but, you know, there's so many questions like Julio, Julio was really bad his last time out. Was that a, an actual setback or just a bad game? We'll maybe know more in the next couple of days. Uh, Kershaw, is he going to stay healthy? Gonsolin, is he going to stay healthy? Is he going to be effective? Uh, you know, there, there's plenty of question marks that I don't think it would be a terrible idea for them to get two starting pitchers, but they definitely need one at least. And, uh, and then, you know, probably a reliever in a perfect world. Phil Bickford's probably not in this bullpen. He's not going to be a factor in the postseason unless something changes drastically with him. Uh, he's just not reliable enough for that. His, the thing he brings to the table is he can pitch all the time. He's, he's got a rubber arm apparently so they can bring him in, but sometimes that means bringing him in in the 11th inning of a tie game that's not an ideal situation. I'm sure they would much rather have you know, David Bednar. Word came out that the Pirates are interested in or open to trading David Bednar and maybe Mitch Keller too, a starting pitcher. Could, could be a fit there. That would cost a lot. Uh, but you know, one of the things we're going to talk about this week, I think, the Dodgers have a lot of minor league depth to the point that they need to trade some of it. And we've talked about that before, but we haven't gotten into specifics. I'm going to put together a list this week of – exactly who's going to be eligible for the rule five draft soon. So they'll need to add them to the 40 man roster and just kind of give an example or like a concrete layout. So you can see that depth issue that they're running into of having too many minor leaguers, too many good minor leaguers. And the, even if they had, didn't have big needs at the major league level, they need to make trades in the next week just to clear up some of that log jam in the minors uh, throwing the fact that they do have major needs. And I think, Assuming any team sell, the Dodgers are going to be big buyers. Uh, 
that's going to do it for me. Vince is going to come. He's going to talk about Max Muncie and Jason Hayward, both hitting well, kind of, you know, the offensive side of this thing, the Dodgers had some chances and it wasn't a bad offensive game. They just didn't quite get all the big hits that they needed to uh, uncharacteristically, but you know, Max Muncie is getting hot after we talked about him last week. Uh, he is homeward in four of his last five games. A lot to talk about there with Muncie and Hayward. So Vince will get to that. Thank you guys. Uh, I always enjoy talking Dodgers with you. Thanks for reading it every day. And Vince will be along in a minute. We want to thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. And remember, you can be an everydayer by listening to the show every day. We're here for you every Monday through Friday. So go ahead and listen and become an everydayer. If you want to listen to the Dodge game because you can't watch, you can do so with SiriusXM or the SXM app. All you got to do is search Dodgers. That's the home broadcast for any game. SiriusXM, SXM app, search Dodgers. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, Vince here to close out the episode and here to talk a little bit about Max Muncie, Jason Hayward. Now, we, we've talked about Muncie already yesterday, um, but again, he came up, had two hits, had two RBI, had a big-time home run with a big-time bat drop, bat toss. It was a combination bat drop, bat toss. Yeah, and now you look at his last five games, he's got four homers, he's got... 11 RBIs, and he's got eight hits. Eight hits, four homers, 11 RBIs, last five games, all coinciding with when we said that Max Quincy wasn't very good or not wasn't playing very well, had not played very well for a while, and maybe they should consider moving him down in the lineup. But uh, he's definitely found his way back. And, you know, hopefully this is more than just a hot streak, although we appreciate the hot streak, but hopefully it's, you know, him finding some consistency the rest of the way, you know, even if it's not a four homer and five game type of consistency, I'd rather have, you know, you know, a, a six to eight homers a month type consistency rather than, a, you know, six homers in a two week stretch and then, you know, bad for a month or something like that. I guess if not either way. So uh, good for Muncie. You know, we talked about him. We'll, we'll move on to Hayward. Jason Hayward also had a home run last night. And Jason Hayward is having a solid season for the Dodgers. He's got he's up to 10 home runs now. He's got an OPS of 822. Uh, I mean, he's hitting 250 uh, on base percentage, 348. So nearly 100 points higher on base percentage. And it's good to see him get back going a little bit. He had... So over the last month, overall, his numbers are pretty strong. He's OPS in 855 over the last 30 games. But he had hit a little low there uh, the last couple weeks. Was hit 189, you know, OPS in around 700. Had, you know, struggled a little bit. Uh, but then he's picked it up here the last week. He's, he's you know, had a couple home runs, driven in some runs, started picking up his walks again. So he continues to make the Dodgers – job at the deadline at least offensively um he continues to make it that the dodgers don't need you know left-handed bat you know the the there's a big name left-handed bat wise and cody bellinger who who could be available for trade but the dodgers don't have that need 
And while it would be fun to see Cody Bellinger back in Dodger uniform being a good hitter again, uh, the Dodgers don't really have that need between Peralta and Hayward and, and now Outman kind of figuring things out. They don't need another left-handed bat in, you know, especially when Bellinger, he's not, st- he's not going to come in and, and hit lefties all of a sudden. What they need is a right-handed bat. So, you know, at the very least what Hayward and Peralta and, and now Outman are doing are, are Lynn Mookie Betts becoming Mookie Betts is essentially an, an infielder at this point, um, unless there's a lefty on the mound, and and that might only last another week or so. Because if the Dodgers do pick up a big bat um, that can play outfield, that can hit against left-handed pitching, it's possible that he plays the outfield and, and Mookie Betts stays in the infield, depending on what they do with Chris Taylor. You know, there's different ways of moving them around uh, if that becomes the case. So, you know, shout out to Jason Hayward. He continues to you know, thrive with the Dodgers and, and have one of his best seasons in a long time, at least in terms of, you know, OPS and, and hitting. Um, he's his rookie year. He had 849 OPS. He, he had an 814 OPS in 2012. And then in 2020, in that short season, he had an 848 OPS. So those are only three other times he's OPS higher than he has so far this season. Um and, you know, a big part of that is is the slugging. You know, he has the home runs. Um, you know, he hasn't had double-digit home runs since 2019, and he's only had two double-digit home run seasons since 2016. So it, he hasn't necessarily done this before. Now, obviously, the Dodgers are putting him in situations for him to thrive, which is mostly against right-handed pitching, but that's what the Dodgers have done. That's how they extended, you know, Andre Ethier's career here. That's how they've done it with a bunch of guys. And, and maximize, you know, how they do. And, and the good part for the Dodgers, at least, is that you face a lot more right-handed pitchers and left-handed pitchers, so Jason Hayward's in the lineup a lot more often. So it's a good end, good on that end uh, in order for the Dodgers to kind of keep how they're going, especially offensively. Now, obviously, overall offensively last night was not the most fun. They had a chance to win it there in later innings. They had their top of the order come up in the, in the bottom of the ninth and they didn't do anything. They had the middle of the order come up with runner on second and the 10th inning weren't able to do anything. And then by the time they got to 11th, they were chasing three and uh, you know they weren't able to do anything there obviously, but overall it's one of those games that uh, you know, the Dodgers, got up early or they put up one they put, they put up some runs early and then they weren't or in the first four innings they put up two runs they weren't able to, to continue more they let Barrios kind of settle in I had them on the ropes there in that first inning uh, but unfortunately it didn't quite work out for them uh, because you know Mookie had a double Freddie had a single but then Will Smith pops out Muncie drives in the run so they got two on and then Peralta hits into double play. So, you know, they let Barrios off the hook a little bit. And then after that, they, you know, didn't really have too much of a threat. They scored in that fourth inning when Hayward homered. And then nothing again until Muncy. So, you know, the, the offense is going to have off nights like this. The fact of the matter is that the pitching kept them in the game, um, unfortunately, up until that 11th inning. And, but, again, the Dodgers offense with Muncy – and the rest of the guy, the middle of the order up in that 10th inning, that's where the game should have been won. You know, you got Muncie, you got Hayward, you got Chris Taylor. Muncie strikes out swinging, that was a tough one. You know, the, I, I see the people asking for Bunt still. 
I don't think you want to see Max Muncy try to bunt. You know, I honestly don't. I like. Are you going to be more frustrated that Max Muncy struck out, or that Max Muncy failed to get the bunt down, and they're actually either the runner got thrown out at third, or the runner doesn't even advance? You know, I don't know. I don't know, but it, it's it's not as easy. It, it's people think it's call bunt. The bunt works. Like that's not anywhere near. I don't think the success rate is anywhere near where I would be comfortable calling these bunts all the time in extra innings. Now, obviously, Muncie, you know, he's up there to at least move the runner over. But again, these guys are built to play one way, and it's not just as easy as, oh, you know, let me roll over to the right side and move the runner over, or, you know, let me drop a bunt down, or, you know, let me do it. It's not that easy. Um, Especially Muncie, who's been hot recently. Like, you know, the Dodgers' hottest hitter the last five days, him and Freeman. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't. You guys, or not you guys, but some people trust bunts a lot more than I do because I've seen the Dodgers try to bunt. Doesn't always work out. I've seen other teams try to bunt. Doesn't always work out. And the fact of the matter is people don't bunt anymore. You know, they they still do a couple bunt practices in, in batting practice. And I know they probably work on bunts in spring training, but nobody's up there trying to bunt 95 plus with a lot of movement and it's just not going to happen. So, but regardless, you know, it's one of those days they just Dodgers couldn't get it done. They had a lot of chances with runners scoring position. They couldn't get that hit that kind of pushed them forward either earlier in the game or later in the game. And uh, it's a tough go of it. So, but they move on. They still got two more here with the blue Jays. They'll try to win this series the reverse way they've won the last two series, which is win the first two, lose the last one. Maybe they lose the first one, win the last two. Um, you know, these next two games are, are important in the sense of, you know, you're playing a team that's obviously, you know, good. You are trying to further yourself from the Diamondbacks and Giants who both lost, or I know the Diamondbacks lost. I don't remember if the Giants played, but either way, Dodgers missed a chance to gain some ground. But, you know, you get to see Julio on Tuesday, you get to see Gonsolin on Wednesday. Those are always going to be big moments right now because you want to see what you have in these guys. I don't think, you know, if Julio has another bad start, I don't think it it pushes the Dodgers any more than they already are looking for starting pitching. But, you know, maybe it causes, you know, Andrew Friedman to have a little desperation. You know, I'm not entirely sure how – what their process is, him and Brandon Gomes, you know, do they feel that pressure? Do they not feel that pressure? Is it going to be the same regardless uh, of what happens over the next few days? It means to be seen. So I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about here over the next week now that we're in this final week before the trade deadline. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Make sure to subscribe and listen to us every day and become a part of the Everydayers, that exclusive club that you really want to be a part of. If you can't listen or you can't watch the, the Dodgers game, you can always listen to the home broadcast on SiriusXM or the SXM app if you search Dodgers. We can find You can find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at LockedOnDodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vincent's91. DMs are open on all those accounts if you need to get a hold of us. You can also get a hold of us via email, lockdowndodgers at gmail.com or via voicemail text at 323-863-5625. 
We're every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us. When you get in your car, or if you're at home, tell your smart device play podcast, Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one.